Hello, and welcome to Auntie Sandy's Storyland. Please join us at our new home on the Lotus Prison Network at patreon.com. Our story for today is The Princess and the Beggar, a Korean folktale adapted and illustrated by Anne Sibley O'Brien. In an ancient kingdom, a craggy mountain rises out of the mist. Peony Peak, it is called. Below, a wide green river valley stretches down to the sea. Nestled in the curve of the river is the ancient walled city of Pyongyang, where once upon a time there lived a king whose youngest and favorite daughter was known to all as the Weeping Princess. On a bright spring morning, the great wooden palace gates creaked open. Make way! Make way for the royal family! bellowed a herald. The queen and her daughters travel to the spring pavilion. But as soon as the procession reached the market at East Gate, the royal family was jostled by the boisterous crowd. Make way! Make way for the royal family! the herald repeated. But the market did not give way. Chickens squawked, dogs barked, hawks bawled, buyers bickered, all at the top of their lungs. Suddenly, the bearers of the third sedan chair halted. Yeah, clumsy dog, out of the way, the herald yelled. The youngest princess peeked out from behind the brocade flap. A filthy boy lay sprawled in the mud. It is only the beggar boy Ondal, said the herald. Hey, Pabo! Pabo Ondal, move out of the way, he yelled, kicking the boy aside. The princess was too frightened to protest, but tears of sympathy welled up in her eyes. As they alighted at the pavilion, her sisters teased. There she goes again, our weeping princess. The princess sobbed harder. Her mother sighed. Why does she cry about everything? What man will want a wife who cries all the time? Six summers passed. The winter snows lined the riverbanks with ice, and the northern winds were bitter. In the marketplace, vendors huddled over their fires and exchanged stories about the beggar on Dal. He lives among the creatures in the mountains, said one. No better than an animal, agreed another. In time, their wild stories reached even the ears of the king. On the first morning of the new year, the young princess gathered with her sisters and brothers in the grand palace. But as she made her bow before the king, she tripped and stumbled. Tears silently spilled down her cheeks. Eh, eh? What's this noise? Who is crying on the first day of the new year? teased the king. Speak up, speak up. But when the princess remained silent, the king frowned with displeasure. This daughter is impossible. If she keeps crying at every little thing, we'll marry her off to the beggar Pablo Ondal. His humor once more restored, the king chuckled at his joke. 
The queen turned pale at his words. Do not speak of such things on the first day of the new year, she rebuked him. But it was too late. Everyone in the court had heard the king's joke. From that moment, the weeping princess had no peace. There was always someone nearby to tease. Oh, ho! you'll be the wife of Pablo Ondal. The king himself has said so. Did you know he wears animal skins and sleeps in a cave? He tears his meat raw from the bones. The princess only cried harder. She hid in the palace library and consoled herself by reading her favorite poems and adventurous tales of dragons and tigers. But for fear of ridicule, she kept her studies a secret. When the princess was in her 16th year, the king announced to the court, It is time for the youngest princess to marry. I have arranged a most excellent match with the son of noble Ko. The princess considered her future life as a noblewoman, running a household under her mother-in-law's direction with only frivolous parties and court gossip for entertainment. No solitude, no secret studies. I will be miserable, she thought. Sir, I cannot accept, the princess whispered. You cannot? What do you mean you cannot? shouted the king. I have arranged a fine match which any sensible girl would be grateful. You say you cannot? You will obey me, he thundered. In desperation, the princess searched for an excuse. I most humbly beg your pardon, most honored father. But before I wed the son of noble Ko, I, I would be the wife of Papo Ondal. The king's eyes bulged like a warrior demon's, his eyebrows bristling. The wife of Papo Ondal? What nonsense is this? But, esteemed father, she pressed on recklessly, you said you would marry me to Papo Ondal. How can the king go back on his word? Go then to your Papo Ondal before you bring more shame upon your family. Enraged beyond reason, the king banished his favorite daughter from the palace. Just before dawn, the princess left the palace alone and on foot for the first time. She carried one small bundle, a parting gift of gold pieces from the queen. The princess walked in the direction of Pione Peak, for Papo Ondal's hut was said to be at the foot of the mountain path. At sundown, she reached a clearing where a shabby straw-roofed hut stood alone. The princess wiped away tears of exhaustion, mingled with fear. She jumped at the sound of a voice, raw and grating. Why do you weep? I have come to be the wife of Ondal, the princess whispered. Why do you mock me? The voice asked harshly. If Ondal will not have me, the princess replied humbly, then I have nowhere to go. I have been banished from my home. A man with matted hair and ragged clothes stepped up from behind her. Slowly he reached out and gently brushed away her tears with his rough fingers. That year, the rains washed in summer's brilliant greens in the clearing at the foot of Peony Peak. 
the princess shyly followed Ondal as he gathered roots and hunted in the forest. Ondal watched as she patiently stitched fine linen garments to replace his tattered clothing. In time, as they planted, tended, and mended together, they learned not to fear each other. In the winter, deep snows filled the mountain pass. On long, dark evenings, the princess recited her favorite poems to Ondal. She also taught him how to read and write. The princess marveled at the quickness with which Ondal learned. She remembered his many kindnesses to her and his gentleness with the creatures of the forest. How terrible that the village people call him a wild beast and an idiot. Those who mock him shall learn the truth, she decided. On the first warm day, the princess placed two gold pieces in Ondal's palm. Husband, you must go to the market in the city and buy a horse. The horse may be weak and lame as long as it is of royal lineage. Ondal was reluctant to do her bidding, for he feared the scorn of the villagers. But the princess persuaded him. See how we both have changed. You are no longer Papa Ondal the beggar, and I am no weeping princess. Ondal returned the next nightfall, leading a scrawny, unkempt horse. The princess and Ondal cared tenderly for the horse. When the horse grew strong enough, the princess began Ondal's riding lessons. Another year passed, and spring once again came to the clearing. One morning, the princess turned to Ondal. Husband, said she, on the third day, of the third month, the king holds the festival of the hunters. This year, you are ready to join the hunt. Ondal protested, but once again, the princess persuaded him to do her bidding. At the king's hunting festival, a mysterious rider dressed as a commoner startled the noble huntsman with his fearless exploits. But before they could discover his identity, he disappeared. The curious onlookers talked amongst themselves. On the full moon night of the fifth month, the king will hold the festival of the scholars. Surely a nobleman of such talent will enter the poetry contest. News of the competition reached even the hut at the foot of Peony Peak. Husband, you must compete with the scholars, the princess told Ondal. A third time, Ondal agreed to do his wife's bidding. He was overjoyed when the princess prepared to accompany him to the city. They arrived in the capital on the afternoon of the festival. The sound of drums and flutes and gongs filled the city streets, now crowded with masked dancers, farmers' bands, and peddlers selling spring wine and sweets to hungry spectators. Ondal and the princess wandered the festival streets until dusk. As evening fell, Ondal joined the scholars at the Lotus Pavilion. Only he was dressed in commoner's clothing. The nobleman protested. Everyone knows peasants neither read nor write. Ondal silenced them. What then do you have to fear? When the moon rose to brighten the dark sky, the crowd hushed. Ondal bowed his head in contemplation. He prepared his ink. With firm strokes, 
he brushed the characters of his poem. Such simplicity! Such swiftness! Such strength! whispered the judges in admiration. The first judge lifted on Dal's scroll and read for all to hear. On the wild mountain, a lone orchard, filled with dew, trembles. The drops spill, fall on a withered seedling, the dying pine stirs to life. The onlookers broke into applause. Standing among them, the princess wiped a tear from the corner of her eye. The king clapped loudest of all. He called the winner of the poetry contest before him. Are you not the skilled huntsman from the hunting festival? The king demanded. Royal Highness, replied Ondal, I am he. What of your common appearance? How is it possible that you have mastered the royal arts? Questioned the king. Most noble sir, all that I have learned I owe to my esteemed wife. Oho! exclaimed the king. Such a woman of talent I would like to see. Have her come forward at once, he ordered. The princess approached the lotus pavilion and stood beside Ondal. She bowed with perfect grace before the king. Royal Highness, she said, in earlier days my husband was known by the name of Pabo Ondal. The news quickly spread throughout the crowd. The banished princess has returned. The stranger is he who was called Pabo Ondal. A peasant has won the king's poetry contest. Finally the king spoke. My daughter has returned, he proclaimed, bringing me a new son worthy of honor. You have won the king's favor. What do you ask of me? At Ondal's nod, the princess replied, Honored father, we are but simple folk. We ask only to serve you when you have need. And so it came to pass in the years that followed. Ondal's services to the king were many and great, but his happiness awaited him at the foot of Peony Peak. That is the end of our story for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join our exclusive Storyland membership on the Lotus Prison Network to get special appreciation bonuses and rewards as a valued member of our listener team. To join our membership, go to patreon.com forward slash the Lotus Prison Network. For those who like the book we read today and would like to purchase it, please click the link in the description. Follow our Facebook page so you can find us on all your favorite social media and share with your family and friends. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time on Auntie Sandy's Storyland.